Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. All right. Thank you for joining us for the ASHP Pharmacy Leadership Podcast. This series focuses on leadership topics within pharmacy practice, including the business of pharmacy, development of leadership skills, career transitions, and more. My name is Calvin Ice, and I am a member of the ASHP section of Clinical Specialists and Scientists Clinical Leadership Advisory Group. I will be your host today, and we are sitting down with several speakers to discuss presentation jitters, first-hand guidance from mid-year presenters. Welcome, and thank you for joining us today. We've each got a unique experience, so we'll share our in- what our involvement has been with mid-year educational proposals, and we'll do that with our introductions. So as I mentioned, my name is Calvin Ice. I am a clinical pharmacy services supervisor at Corwell Health West in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, My experience with mid-year proposals uh, came this last year in my involvement with our clinical leadership advisory group within the ASHP section of clinical specialists and scientists. And uh, with this group, we had a work group that came together to propose several different topics for the upcoming ASHP mid-year in 2023. And uh, where I got to be involved was working with this group to understand what the forms were, the proposal forms, how to fill them out, how to help identify speakers. And so my perspective that I'm going to add is kind of working through that process and working through uh, with a group on that process. Up next, uh, we've got Kathy, who's going to introduce herself. Tell us a little bit about her involvement. Hi, my name's Kathy Cole. I'm the System Director for Clinical Pharmacy Services at Riverside Health System in Newport News, Virginia. I am a four-time mid-year presenter um, with one upcoming this year in December. My very first presentation was a bit of a surprise to me as I was pretty early in my career as a pharmacy leader and my manager, had approached me with the presentation that had already been accepted for mid-year. And she let me know that based on the work that we had been doing, I would be presenting um, a third of the presentation at mid-year. So it was very exciting, very unexpected. And uh, I have since turned around and done the exact same thing to one of my team members. And so next will be uh, Kristen to give an introduction and share her experience. Thanks, Kathy. My name is Kristen Greedy. I'm a clinical pharmacist at Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit, Michigan. I work in both the ICUs and emergency medicine. Similar to Kathy, actually, I had a topic that was submitted by a mentor and was approached and she let me know that it was um, approved to present. So we really presented on something that improved our workflow here and we wanted to share it with others. And next, uh, we'll hand it over to Nisha. Thanks, Kristen. Um, I'm excited to be here and talk about this topic. I'm hoping we get to encourage others to submit topics as well. Um, so mine's a little bit different where it was, I'm, my name is Nisha, I'm a clinical pharmacist at Henry Ford Hospital as well. Um, I work in the internal medicine areas, and I'm also one of our team leads. But um, I have been working on a system initiative for about three years or so with a large work group. So when I had a mentor encourage me to submit this topic, I was excited to do so and um, was able to talk about something that I'm very passionate about. So that's what I had submitted on and was able to present on. So that was my first time presenting at mid-year. All right, Kathy, 
Kristen and Nisha, thank you for going through your introductions. It's much appreciated. Uh, so we're going to dive into our, our questions and discussion topics that we have today for our podcast. But before we did dive into the portion of really discussing presentations, let's talk a little bit about what it takes to propose a presentation for mid-year. And so our question for our panel is, how did you go about identifying a topic? So from, from my perspective, working with our advisory group, our experience was that uh, we had a charge that we were uh, set forth with in terms of identifying topics for several different groups. Uh, so a couple of general session proposals, a uh, student proposal or two, and a new practitioner proposal or two. So we kind of had at least a little bit of a direction that we worked with. And we collaborated as a work group amongst our team to identify what we thought were help, uh, hot topics along the way. Uh, we were also able to leverage some of the educational needs assessments um, that ASHP has in terms of polling membership in uh, what are considered hot topics in pharmacy or things that people would like to be educated on for mid-year. And so our experience in coming together was really just collaborating and expanding outside of our own small group as well and pulling the rest of the team that we worked with to identify what are people interested in learning more about. Because really from a mid-year perspective, we're interested in proposals and proposing presentations that our membership is going to find uh, very helpful and informative. And so I think just leveraging your network and hearing from other individuals about what is going to be, what's going to land right is definitely important. And I think Nisha has a few things that she'll add in, in terms of her experience. For my topic, when my mentor had approached me you know, this is something that she knew I was working on. I mentioned it was a system initiative. So um, it's something that I was working on for about three years or so prior to submitting this topic. So when she approached me, I was really excited to share this. Um, and I think it went along with the ASHP Pharmacy Practice Advancement Initiative, some of the um, global global items that we wanted to focus on um, within the health system and our profession. So I was excited to just talk about something that helps advance our practice and helps with our workflow on a day-to-day -day basis as well. So I tried to just kind of approach the application process, um, jump right into it. And, you know, some of the things I needed to brainstorm or spend more time thinking about, I maybe had spent more time on, would reach out to my mentor to review things, but a lot of the application, because it was a topic I was so familiar with, I was able to just go ahead and jump right in with that application. And I will hand it off to Kristen. Yeah, my, uh, my situation was pretty similar to Nisha's, where it was um, something we really implemented with success, and it really helped improve our workflow, both for pharmacists and other members of our healthcare team. So we wanted to share our experience as well with other people who might be interested in implementing something similar. And Kathy, did you wanna talk about your experience? Absolutely. I think my experience is somewhat similar to Calvin's. Um, I've been heavily involved in my state ASHP affiliate for many years and I was education committee uh, chair for a while. So I was pretty plugged in with the interest of, of pharmacists in my state around what kind of educational material they wanted. So I feel like that almost gave me an inside track into the kind of topics people were interested in hearing about. 
I was also able to use that network as I started to think of some of the things I was working on that other people had expressed interest in um, to say, hey, there might be a larger interest in some of these topics from ASHP. Maybe these are projects that other pharmacists are working on and would like to hear about, but really trying to focus in on, you know, what am I working on and what am I knowledgeable about? And it, would there be any benefit to sharing that outside of my organization or even my state? All right. Thank you all for sharing that perspective. Uh, we're go we'll go ahead and uh, move to the next step in the process for our next question. And so this question is going to be, so once, once you've identified a topic, where exactly do you get started? And I can offer kind of the, the nuts and bolts response to this. And I guess to, to uh, proceed that a bit, I want to give the caveat of always check the ASHP website for the most current and most accurate information. But based on years of experience, we could kind of trend out what we might expect to find on that website. And so the first thing is, it's usually in the December timeframe where ASHP will update the information and send out the call for the next year's mid-year session proposals. With that, you'll find maybe slightly updated proposal documents and forms to fill out, as well as maybe some updated resources. So again, this will vary year to year exactly on where it's released or when it's released, but always check the ASHP website to get this information. The next piece is educational proposals are almost always due on February 1st. Um, again, you'll want to verify that depending upon uh, what year you're listening to this podcast, but February 1st is the general deadline. Leading up to that, in order to be successful, you're really going to want to establish your own deadlines and potentially some soft deadlines in that process. So you're not sitting down on January 31st and trying to put together a proposal at the last minute and stressing out because you can't find something you're looking for or uh, need a piece of information and, and don't have time to get to it. So set yourself some soft deadlines to maintain accountable which also kind of goes hand in hand with leveraging your network for review. So you're pitching a proposal uh, that an educational steering committee is going to review and uh, it's going to be vetted to decide what proposals make it to mid-year. So you might as well get some vetting done on your own end. You probably have a large network of pharmacists that you work with that could be helpful in getting you feedback on the wording of your proposal, on the novelty of the ideas, um, and whether this proposal would land well with audiences. So utilize people you work with. Again, I'm offering the, the perspective of somebody who worked on this with an advisory group. And so we had a built-in network of people that helped us with this and also helped to hold us all each accountable to our soft deadlines we were setting for ourselves. Um, and so it became a relatively easy process, but going through this on your own, you're definitely gonna want to um, work with other individuals in some capacity to, to help you through this. And then the last thing I wanna mention in terms of kind of the, the nuts and bolts piece of this is that, if you miss that February 1st deadline, you've got a great topic idea, but things get busy, life happens, you don't get that February 1st deadline, keep an eye out for what other opportunities might be available. Um, so for example, a lot of sections do specific pearls sessions, which are much shorter presentations and those throughout the spring timeframe. And then there's typically also a call for case studies, uh, generally with about a, a June 1st deadline. So keep an eye out for some of those opportunities that might come up. I know 
For example, in our advisory group, uh, we had one issue with getting the final submit process step happening on a proposal. And so that proposal was brought back then as a case study. We had a, another proposal that was not accepted for mid-year. That proposal was brought back as a case study because that submission deadline is a little bit later. So if at first you don't succeed, just consider trying again and trying a potentially different format. So that's my perspective. And I think uh, our practitioners will get us some additional uh, perspective on what they went through. And again, we've got Nisha up to kind of talk first about it. Thanks, Calvin. Um, I, I agree with everything you said. I um, was asked early in the submission process to submit mine as a management case study. And that was an that was nice because it allowed me a few extra months to kind of work on this proposal and submit my topic. And like you mentioned, leverage my network. I was able to reach out to my mentor and then I had a large um, work group that was working on the system initiative with me that I was able to reach out to as well to review my proposal, review my wording, um, including my title and things like that. So that really helped me um, to make sure it was the best proposal that I could submit. And um, it was nice because I submitted on a topic. It was an innovative electronic scoring system. So it was something that we had recently implemented. So all of our pharmacists were now using it. And that made it nice to be able to reach out to my colleagues to get their perspectives on how it's being used on a day-to-day -day basis. So I'd like to give a shout out here to my mentor, Nancy McDonald, because she's the one who really identified and submitted the topic for me. So it was pretty easy for me to go ahead and present. And I can't really comment too much on the application process and whatnot. But Calvin, you seem to summarize it pretty good and I learned some information from you, but I know for our process um, specifically, and ours was an innovative TOC program topic, we kind of looked for other leaders in the area that have successfully implemented novel programs so that we had different angles to teach our audience um, kind of new concepts and, and ways that people are making sure that we ensure medication access for patients. And Kathy, did you want to share your perspective? Absolutely. So Kristen uh, started the theme of, of mentor shout outs. So I'm going to I'm going to follow that trend and, and give a shout out to one of my mentors, um, Cindy Williams. She's my she's our current vice president of pharmacy. And she has always set a really great example for our team as she had been a frequent contributor to mid-year presentations as well. Um, she's the one who looped me into my very first presentation and really has been a great encourager of, of our entire team to continue to share all the things that we've learned with ASHP, with our state organizations. For me and my team, uh, the process typically starts when we return from mid-year. So as we're starting to wrap up our work and look back on what we did in the previous year, we um, you know, take a moment to celebrate, but also say, is this anything that's worth sharing um, outside of our own team? So we look at that work, we put a pin in anything that we think might be presentation worthy. And then usually after the first of the year, we'll start to work up our proposals. And we, we do all the things that the rest of the team mentioned. We will leverage our network. We will send it to other folks on our team um, and try to make sure we have the most polished um, submission packet as possible based on the work that we've done. All right. Thank you all for summarizing kind of your journey throughout that, that initial process. Um, and I, I don't know if our listeners have gathered by now, but those uh, proposal forms can be a little daunting and challenging. And, and obviously, um, submitting to mid-year can be pretty competitive. 
uh, for that presentation availability. And so I want to ask all of our, our practitioners on the call um, or on this podcast, what tips do you have um, for successfully completing that proposal and really increasing your chances of getting that proposal accepted? And it looks like I think we've got Kathy up first for this one. I'll start with this one. I think one of the best things you can do is try to be creative with your submission. And of the three proposals I've submitted individually and the one that I worked on uh, with another colleague to complete the submission, um, we've always tried to take an interesting spin on the topic. So is there an opportunity to inject humor into your proposed session title? I think it shows that you've got a little personality and you might be a fun presenter. So from my perspective, that seems to be successful. Um, Look at the presentation delivery and see if there's kind of an out-of-the-box way you can um, approach it. The one that we've submitted for this year and that we'll be presenting in in December is kind of a gamified presentation with some good interaction, hopefully, with the audience to help them feel a part of the presentation. The other thing I'll say is look for gaps in the literature. My presentation last year was focused on implementation of continuous renal replacement therapy in a small community hospital. And when I set set out to work on that project for my organization, as I started to look at the literature for how to do that, um, I really couldn't find anything. So I said, this might be an area where I can contribute um, so that the next person who's going through this process will feel like they've got a little bit of a playbook to work from. Kristen, did you have anything you wanted to add? Yeah, sure. Since I'm a newbie at the process and it was my first time last year, I reached out to Nancy and asked her for tips um, for the future presentation since I did enjoy presenting at mid-year and I'm looking forward to having the opportunity to present again. And she had a number of great tips. The first thing being in order to help identify topics of interest, you should watch ASHP Connect and other listservs to see what others are interested in. And you can look at ASHP hot topics to see if there's anything listed that you're an expert in. And then think of topics that can really advance and optimize technician roles, as well as topics that highlight pharmacists working at the top of their license, both to improve patient outcomes and health system outcomes. The next thing she kind of mentioned was it helps to identify a mentor who had proposals previously accepted. And this person, like we've kind of been talking about, can really serve as a resource to bounce ideas off of. They can help you identify diverse speakers and they can check to make sure that your practice gap is well-written. And lastly, partnering with one or more section advisory groups can help to identify current areas of focus for ASHP. Nisha, did you wanna share kind of your perspective and how you've been successful in getting a proposal accepted? Yeah, thanks, Kristen. Um, I agree with all of the comments so far. I think all of those tips were Great tips, um, which similar to Kristen, I received some of those from Nancy as well. And um, in addition to Nancy, you know, presenting several times at Midyear, I also had reached out to Jamie Kalis, and both of them had given me um, very similar tips to this. And then in addition, it was more so if somebody in the audience member wants to implement the same thing or go through the same process in developing this innovative electronic scoring system, how do you want to present that? information to them so that they can take it to their own health systems. So it it was nice to be able to prepare a topic where I could give them 
everything, the raw material, the, the good, the bad, the, the barriers, anything to developing this process and how to implement it and, and ask questions on how they can make it work at their own health systems. So I, I think that was really what helped make it successful. All right, and then and then my perspective from working with um, our advisory group is is pretty similar to almost exactly what Kristen outlined uh, in terms of her advice. We really followed that to a T because that's what a lot of our uh, colleagues on our advisory group had recommended as well. And so we appreciated the fact that we were able to get that information from our network. And I think uh, Kristen offered kind of a great outline of advice on how to how to work through getting a an interesting proposal um, that's likely to be accepted. So thanks for that, Kristen. And with that, we're gonna shift to our next topic. And uh, this one's kind of a, a two-part question for each of you. And the first portion is, what was it like preparing for your actual presentation? And how were you feeling about that? And how was the actual experience? Um, I can go first on this one. So, you know, kind of similar to what I had mentioned previously, I was excited to share everything about what the topic that I was presenting on. Um, so the things that we had to, the barriers that we had to overcome, the successes that we had with implementation, and the entire development process, who we collaborated with, who the key stakeholders were, um, how we had to um, consider different practice models across the health system. So I was just excited to talk about this topic and this initiative. Um, but for preparation, I am someone that definitely likes to rehearse and prepare and, you know, get a good night's rest. And I was able to do all of that. And that helped me for the next morning to feel ready to prepare and present on my topic. And I knew it was going to be a large room with a large audience size. And I think that's exactly what I had experienced. And I was excited and I was also prepared for the topic that I was presenting on. Kristen, anything you want to add? Yeah, my experience was pretty similar to yours, Nisha. I felt somewhat at ease, though, because I was lucky enough to have um, my mentor and colleague from Henry Ford presenting alongside of me. So that kind of helped ease some of my nerves. And I, it also definitely helped me to go to the like similar presentation types that were before my presentation to attend in that actual room. So I kind of knew what to expect and what the layout of the room was before I actually presented. And it was kind of put me at ease and helped me get comfortable with the atmosphere. And lastly, similar to Nisha, it was really easy to, well, I shouldn't say really easy, but it was easier to present um, in natural, something that we've invested a lot of time on and energy that turned into a really successful program at our health system. So I was really excited to share that process and, and that helped ease kind of some of the presentation aspects. Kathy, did you want to share your process? Sure. And Nisha, if I had not met you in the hallway before your presentation, I would have had no idea that you were nervous. You did such a fantastic job. Um, and Kristen, I, I like that you felt supported and, and at ease. I will tell you, I have never at ease before one of these presentations. I always get so nervous. Um, I think that's how I know it's important is because my nerves start to overtake me right before I give the presentation. But I think once you get started, there's a sense of calm 
that comes over as you start to settle in. And I think that speaks to the fact that you're talking about something that you know very well. So maybe that actually harkens back to topic selection. Pick something you know where you feel very comfortable and it may make that transition into the presentation piece um, easier. All right, thank you all for that great advice. I hope it helps some of our, our listeners as they prepare for presentations in the future. Um, our next uh, question pertains to the follow-up on these presentations. So can each of you share a little bit about any follow-up you had after your presentation? Were you able to make any new connections or do you have any success stories to share from that? And uh, Nisha, I'll look to you first. Yeah, I, I loved all the questions I got after my presentation. I think they were um, very inquisitive on wanting to take the topic and the actual practice back to their own health systems to be able to implement it. I had a couple questions um, about pharmacists that were actually using a scoring system, but in a different way. So they had really good questions about um, how to broaden their scope of their of using that and how to um, make it more global for all of their pharmacists. So I was just happy to share everything that we were doing, how we were using it, um, how we were able to implement it or develop it so that they could take it back to um, their own health systems. It was nice. There were, I made a few connections from that as well, where I had pharmacists reach out to me after the presentation too to ask me specific questions that they had that they could help and take back to their own hospitals. Kristen, did you want to, or Kathy, did you want to add either one of you? I'll just add that I had a similar experience. Um, I did get a few questions during the presentation itself. And then afterwards, some folks followed us into the hall to talk more in depth about the questions that they were having. We exchanged some email addresses and um, I was able to send a few people some policies or some protocols that we had worked on ourselves um, because they're really, they were in the thick of the project as well. Um, so I'm glad we were able to, to help. Um, we actually received some helpful documents for some people who attended the presentation. So that was great. And then I'll also admit, um, I used Nisha's slides after her presentation. Um, I delivered those at my organization as far as a different way to, you know, using her organization as an example of a different way to approach a project that we were we were working on as well. So I was, a, I was fortunate to be both a giver and a receiver of information as a result of, of my mid-year presentation. All right, Nisha and Kathy, thank you for that perspective. It's it's great to hear all that follow-up that's occurring and, and know that your presentations landed well with your audience uh, in terms of the engagement. Uh, I think that brings us to kind of our, our last topic, and that's pretty simple. And it's just, what last-minute tips do you have for our audience today? And for this one, I'm going to look to Kristen first to get us started. Thanks, Helen. I think there's been a lot of um, important themes throughout our talk today. Um, but one of the ones I really want to highlight is find a mentor, someone who has presented at mid-year before to help answer your questions and guide you along the way. And lastly, start early. I know Calvin talked about a lot of great tips and deadlines earlier in the, the talk, but really the proposal can look daunting. So it's important to look at it ahead of time to give yourself enough time to think about it and what elements it requires. And it's easiest if you break it up in, in sections in, in advance. Nisha, what tips did you have to add? So I'll add that while preparing and, you know, having lots of people look at your submission, I think is ideal. Um, more than anything, just submit. Even if it's, you know, an hour till midnight on the deadline, 
just submit your presentation. The worst thing that's going to happen is that you're going to get really thoughtful feedback on the information that you've submitted, which will help you for future submissions. But if you really wait for it to be perfect, you'll never hit the button. So just submit. I definitely agree with that, Kristen. Um, I think in addition to that, I I was just excited to talk about something I'm so passionate about and invested in. So if you do pick a topic that you either enjoy um, or you've been working on, I think that was really helpful. Um, not that you have to, but I think that really helped me. And it was something that I was passionate about to help other health systems be able to um, make their workflows more efficient, make their pharmacists um, overcome some of those staffing challenges that we might have had over the past few years. So it was just something good that I wanted to share and try to help other pharmacists as well. And I definitely agree with Kathy. Um, you know, making sure that you get that initial submission in and, and giving that a try is is great experience to gain. And, and like I mentioned, there might be other pathways um, to get that proposal accepted. If that initial proposal doesn't come through for the first time you try submitting it, there might be other avenues you can look at or save it for a future mid-year submission after you continue to do some revisions and, and visit it again. Um, but my advice is if you want to prepare more for that submission is make sure you set some deadlines for yourself in advance. If this is something you really want to do and something you really want to pursue, work work ahead, leverage your network of, of people for information, not only in identifying a topic, but also in helping to review your proposal because your proposal is going to be reviewed by peers uh, as well. People that are in practice that are going to decide uh, which proposals to accept for mid-year. So you might as well leverage your own network of peers and make sure that uh, the proposal you're putting together looks viable, looks interesting, um, and is something that people would want to attend at mid-year. So that's, uh, that concludes our last minute advice. And that's really all the time that we have together today. So I want to thank Kristen, Nisha, and Kathy for joining us today to discuss educational session proposals for ASHP Midyear. We hope that our guest speakers' experiences and advice help you get over your presentation jitters and that you consider planning your first midyear presentation session. You can find more member-exclusive content, including resources for self-development, leading pharmacy enterprises, and teams and practice management on the ASHP website. Thank you for joining us. And if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the ASHP official podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to ASHP official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP.